0: Come on, that that was funny. Come on. All right, that makes me feel a little better. We've all heard that phrase, all's well that ends well. But the question is, what happens when it doesn't end well? You know what I'm saying? I mean, because we could sit here and we could say, oh, all's well that ends well. But probably uh, each and every one of you at some point could tell me a story of where It didn't end well, and the question is, where do we go from there as a rule, right? I want to look, we're going to uh, look at a a story of a, a, if you've been in church any length of time, you've probably heard about his life, but we're going to start at the very beginning, a man named John the Baptist. We're going to look at Luke chapter 1, verse 39 through uh, 44, Like I said, we're going to start at the beginning with him. And it says in verse 39, In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judea. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth had heard the greeting of Mary, the baby, which was John the Baptist, leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And, and uh, why, excuse me, and why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt with, uh, for joy. John chapter 1, verse 19 through 34, we move a little further into the life of John the Baptist. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews uh, sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask, who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, what then are you? Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you a prophet? And he answered, no. So they said to him, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. As the prophet Isaiah said, now they had been sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, then why are you baptizing? If you are neither Christ nor Elijah nor the prophet, John answered them, I baptize with water, but among you stands one uh, you do not know, Even uh, even he who comes after me, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. These things took place in Bethany across from the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is he of whom I have said, after me comes a man who ranks before me because he was before me. This is John saying this. I myself did not know him, but for the purpose I came baptizing with water that he might be revealed to Israel. And John bore witness. I saw the spirit descend from heaven like a dove and it remained on him i myself did not know him but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me he on whom you see the spirit descend and remain this is he who baptizes with the holy spirit and i have seen and i have borne witness that jesus is the son of god i want to stop right there for just a moment so we have the story begin of john the baptist And when I say it started at the beginning, it started at the very beginning for him, even while he was in the womb of his mother. Elizabeth was greeted by Mary. They were cousins, and Mary wanted to tell Elizabeth what the angel had told her. So she walks into the room, and the very presence of the Son of God in the womb of Mary caused the forerunner of that Jesus who was in the womb of Elizabeth, to, the Bible said, to leap for joy. Now, there's not a lot of leaping room there. But the Bible says that John leapt for joy, and immediately his mother was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, that is unbelievable. It's incredible. It, it reminds me of even last night telling these Bible stories to these kids who were come, you know, they were, came, came and they were dressed up in all kinds of crazy things. And we would tell the story, have you ever heard it? And they'd say, no. I said, but it's pretty incredible. Yeah. And they'd go to the next car. And listen, this story is almost unbelievable, but we know. It took place, and so then we follow John, and he's out in the wilderness, and people would flock to him because he was dressed like in camel hair, and he ate locusts. Listen, my daughter was born in Louisiana. Now, I never ate locusts, but I ate lots of crawfish, right? And people in Louisiana, every one of them looked like John the Baptist, but like there, they'd be like, John the Baptist, that, you know, (laughs) I hope some of my friends from Louisiana are watching (laughs) No, but but you know, uh, John was crazy looking. He was dressed in crazy stuff, but they would go out and his job, the Bible says, was to prepare the way for the one that was to come. To prepare the way for Jesus. Listen, I can't get away from last night. Again, I want you to know, all of you over 100 volunteers, You were a bunch of John the Baptist last night. Some of you were dressed crazy. But you prepared the way for Jesus in the hearts of our community. That's amazing. So here's John the Baptist. He's out there preparing the way. He said, there's one coming after me. I'm not even worthy to unlatch a sandal. He explains then who he was. So John was also then a cousin of Jesus. He knew who Jesus was because it was revealed to him. That's the son of God, right? You do not do what John the Baptist did unless you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus was who he said he was. But let's go to Matthew. Let's skip to the end of John's life. Matthew chapter 11, verse 2 through 6. It said, now when John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ. Now, I'm going to read that again. The cousin of Jesus leapt inside the womb of his mother, the one who prepared the way for Jesus. Now we're nearing the end of his life. Now when John heard in prison. See, for John, all wasn't ending well. All's well that ends well wasn't ending well for John, and he knew it. When John heard in prison about the deeds of Christ, he sent word by his disciples, by his followers, and he said to him, Are you the one who is to come, or shall we look for another? Guys, I want you to get the picture here. John the Baptist, who Jesus said of John the Baptist, There's no greater person born of woman like Jesus literally said you are the gra- he's the greatest man to ever live he prepared the way for Jesus and yet when he was in prison knowing he was about to be executed for what he had preached and how he had lived he sent his disciples to go to Jesus and said i'm not sure anymore I- i'm having my doubts because, see, John knew, listen, if you're the Messiah, it's not supposed to end this way for me. So his disciples asked Jesus, are you the one, or should we, as a people, keep on waiting? We've been waiting for years and years and years and years. We've been looking for our Messiah. Are you the one, or shall we look for another? And Jesus didn't really answer the question, but he said this. You go tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. Lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. And the dead are raised up. And the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. First point I want to make to you today, it's okay to question, even question Jesus, when things are not well. It's okay okay to question when things are not well. And I would venture to say, from our pastor on down to each and every person who attends Upcountry Church Everybody in the upstate, and in fact, in our country, we've been questioning a lot in 2020, a lot. Why is all this happening? We've been questioning. You know, I, you know, why Why are we shutting everything down? And we've been questioning, why are we opening everything up? And we've been questioning who's right and who's wrong and who's my enemy and who's, you know, we, it's okay to question. It's okay to even question and say, God, what's going on when things are not well, when you're in a spot, it's okay to say, Jesus Why, if you are in control of everything, why is everything in my life out of control? Why, Jesus? Jesus. And I think that if Jesus could stand in front of us, like he stood in front of the disciples of John, he might look at us, Chris, and say, let me just tell you what's going on. I know that you're going through a difficult time. I know that you might be sick in your body. I know that you might have questions about the future, but I want you to know the blind are receiving their sight. I want to tell you yesterday, some blind, spiritually blind people received their sight. Why? Because you, in the midst of a time of questioning, said, I'm going to give all I have today for the glory of Jesus Christ. I might have doubts, but you know what? I'm going to give. I'm going to do. I'm going to be. John had to have been questioning. I know I'm about to be executed before I lose my life tomorrow. I just wanted to know, did I get it right? Did I get it right? And when Jesus told this to his disciples, John's disciples, he actually quoted from Isaiah 35. He knew that, that John would understand. That's why Jesus didn't say, yeah, tell him, uh, yeah, I'm the one, and why is he doubting? That's what I would have said. Come on, John. Come on, man. But Jesus quoted the scripture that he knew John knew. And he said, out of Isaiah 35, you just tell John these things are happening, right? Go tell John the blind receive their their sight, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the good news that's being preached to the poor. You tell John. And listen, John knew that Jesus was really saying, John, you did a good job. Everything that you came to do is now done. You see, before Jesus ended on the cross and said those words that we love to hear, it is finished, right? Everything was fulfilled through Jesus. He got to tell John, hey, John, this is your, it is finished. You've done it. You've done your job. You've prepared the way. Now I'm here and I am going to win a lost and dying world. Why? Because you gave everything you had, even your life. So they went and told John, and we know that he believed. Why? Because we know he lost his life. He did, he did not recant anything that he had said. My second point today is we need to look at what Jesus is doing when things are not well. Let's look at what Jesus is doing when things are not well. Let's go back to 2020 here for a second. Do you understand this, that yes, our churches were closed for a time, but do you know that through the greatness of technology, the gospel has been preached in our country in 2020 to more people than ever in the history of our country? Why? Because everybody can, well, you know what? I've got some questions. Let me flip on this church or that church or the the gospel cannot be stopped by COVID by a Republican or a Democrat. The gospel will be preached and then Jesus will come. So in the midst of when things are not well, let's look at what Jesus is doing. I am the least political person that I know. Whatever happens Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday or Friday or whenever we may find out who might be a leader in our country, we know this. I don't care who that is because I know who he is and you, you, I'm going to look at what he's going to do. He accomplishes his will no matter what. Do you believe that? So when things are not well, let's look at what Jesus is doing. Jesus said to John, this is what I'm doing. The blind receive sight. The lepers are are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised up. The poor have good news preached to them. And then he said, blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Blessed is the one who is not offended by me. To me, that's something that's interesting. In, in reading the scripture and preparing for today, Jesus said that it was interesting, and he said, blessed are those who are not offended by me. What did, he be, what did he mean by that? He said, blessed are those that, yeah, you might have doubt, you might have worry, you might have fear, but you know what? When things aren't going well, blessed are those that will just say, I don't understand but I will trust you. I don't understand, but I will hold on to that promise. John might have even said, I still don't really understand, but I will hold on to the fact that you're the son of God. Your ways are higher than my ways, and you told me that everything I was supposed to do, I've done. Listen, blessed are those who can trust God even when their faith is shaken. So often, we, we you know, you talk to hyper, hyper, hyper spiritual people, and they'll never admit that things aren't going right. There was a young man named Chris that I grew up with. And I'm just going to admit, like, I was cool. It's obvious. I mean, look at me. Chris wasn't so cool. I grew up in church with him, though. He's a good kid. And any time you would ask Chris, hey, Chris, how are you doing? Chris, at like 10 years old, I'm walking in faith and victory. I'm walking in faith. I mean, like, George Jefferson. I uh, I'm walking in faith and victory. I'm walking in faith and I'm like, "Well, Chris, I mean, no, how are you really doing?" Yeah, I'm and that's not wrong. It's it's good to confess those things. I, I'm not saying, but sometimes you can say, "You know what? I've got some doubts." I need somebody to come and and encourage me. I need somebody to come and tell me, maybe tell me what the word says. Tell me what Jesus is saying. You know, because it's okay to admit things aren't always perfect. It's okay to say my faith has been shaken. I have a cousin, his name is Ed, and he is literally my hero. He's my hero. Ed and his family several years ago went through one of the hardest tragedies you could ever imagine. He was about to become a grandfather, and he, he he did become. He is a grandfather, but with no warning, their their little grand grandson Oliver or Dre, excuse me, Dre. Oliver was another. Their grandson, Dre, was born, and uh, he was born lifeless. Perfect, per- Perfectly healthy pregnancy, but the cord had got wrapped around his neck as he was being delivered, and he was born lifeless. And to hear my hero, after a few days, I was able to talk to him on the phone, and he said this. He said, Jason, through all of these things I've learned, the only faith that can't be shaken is the faith that has been shaken. The only faith that can't be shaken is the faith that at one point was shaken, and the Lord came through, and the Lord made a way, and the Lord said, Hold on, and the Lord said, It's okay, I'm with you, and the Lord said, Everything I've told you to do, you've done. I'm going to be faithful to you. Guys, it's okay for your faith to be shaken today through all trials and circumstances and situations, but I want you, like John did, to ask the question. You just tell me one more time, are you the one? And when he says what he is doing, then your faith becomes unshakable. 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 When things don't end well, what do we do? We have to understand, point three, it is well even when it is not well. It is well even when it is not well. Earlier uh, in the scriptures in the book of John, before John was in prison and those things, John chapter three, verse 30, he says this, he must, speaking of Jesus, he must become greater, I must become less. Listen, when things aren't well, that is the time to say okay, I, I understand it's not about me. It's not all about me completely. I understand that Jesus is still at work, that Jesus is still doing something. It's, uh, it, at that point is when we say, I must, beca- I must decrease, Lord, and you must increase. My lack of faith must decrease. My faith must increase. I've got to, at that point, Realize that it's time to say, Jesus, you do now what you want to do. I love using the term. You'll hear me uh, say this all the time, that we're here to magnify the Lord. And as I was growing up, I was like, man, that is like a super spiritual Where I'm going to magnify the Lord. But it's not really a spiritual word. You take out a magnifying glass. If it was a spiritual word, we would all have magnifying glasses, right? We'd be like, magnify, magnify. You like that? Magnify. Wave, wave, magnifying glass. But the word is simple. I'm going to magnify the Lord. What does that mean? I'm going to make you, Lord, bigger and in my life than the things that are not well in my life. I'm literally going to magnify you. Things aren't going well, but you're bigger than that. You're bigger than that, and I'm going to confess that you're bigger than that. You are going to increase. My doubt is going to decrease. Point four today, when all is not well, he will still say, well done. When all is not well, when all does not end well, he will still say, well done. I want you to know this, that when the word got back to John, this is what's going on. Oh, John sat in that cell, knowing with the same knowledge, I'm about to give my life, but I promise you this. There had to be a smile on his face saying, Everything that I came to do, I've done. And when he drew his last breath, he was in the presence of the King of Kings and oh, Lord of Lords. And God the Father said, you did it. And then John heard the words that we're all going to hear. All of us who rest in the salvation of Christ. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Teenagers, I want you to know, those especially that were here last night, there were 30 teenagers working their tails off. Is it okay to say that? I say it on Wednesday. They were working their tails off. I want you to know, I hope before you drifted off to sleep, you heard that whisper of God say, well done, well done every one of you that ran candy, every one of you that decorated your cars so creatively. Listen, we serve the Creator, and it was obvious that He whispered in the ears of most of you because there were some creative things. I hope more than just Pastor Rob and Mary Beth saying thanks, more than me or anyone else saying thanks, I hope you heard the voice of God say, well done. When things are not well, we can still hear the well done of God. In closing today, I'm to talk to you about my mammal. Her husband died when he was 51 years old. I always thought, well, that's a pretty good life, but I'm 45 now. She was a widow for 46 years. She raised four daughters and one son that the Lord had promised promised her when she became with child again. She said, "Lord, I just ask you." No more girls. That son became a missionary. He's served on the mission field for 50 years or more. I wish I had all the stats in front of me. I don't, but she has a lot of preachers and pastors in her family, and she loved when we would talk about her in our sermons. Today, she's in heaven. I know she's like, hey, Jesus, shh. J.C. Bob's about to talk about me. That's what she called me. Jesus, hold on, he's about to talk. One of the last things, I, I, I was out in California, I was able to come home for her funeral, but one of the last, lasting images that I have of my mammal, she literally had, you know, just months to live. And my sister Rhonda had recorded her and said, "Memo, just tell us. Tell us just about your life. We just want to hear your stories one more time. And instead of telling a story, she began to sing, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. There's no other friend so kind as he. No one else can take the sin and darkness from me. Oh, how much he cares for me. I want to tell you, when you are a widow for 46 years, all is not well. When you know that you just have a couple of months to live and your granddaughter says, just tell me, just tell me about you. And she says, no, I'd rather tell you about Jesus. Listen, that is someone that you could say like John the Baptist. She's held on and said, I'm going to hear the well done of God. No one ever cared for me like Jesus. She realized that what John the Baptist realized. She realized what Peter realized. She realized what Paul realized. All of the disciples and all of the apostles whose faith was shaken. Listen, there was only one disciple at the cross. Why? Because all the other disciples' faith was shaken. But they all gave their life for the glory of Jesus. Why? Because the only faith that is unshakable is faith that has been shaken. This morning, I want you to know that they realized, and my mam all realized. These uh, people that have gone before us have realized this. It's okay because when things are not well, and when it comes to the end, it's not the end. It's not the end. Pastor Rob, your mom would say, oh, it's just begun. It's just begun. It's not the end. Why? Because Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. You, you who believes in him will not perish, even when you perish. It's not the end.